right, guys, we're going to continue on. We're in chapter 2 today. Uh, This is lesson 5. We're going to call it Wisdom and Immaturity. So we're going to talk about God's wisdom and the Corinthian immaturity, which could be our immaturity as well. Okay, so we're going to look at chapter 2, verse 6, through chapter 3, verse 4. Now, remember, the issue, the overall issue that he's trying to deal with here is they're fighting among themselves. And they have, they have uh, basically divided themselves into several groups. And the basis of their groups is, is that they are fixated on certain leaders versus other leaders. So you have some that say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, which is Peter. You know, and then the real special group says, I'm of Jesus. And they're not agreeing with each other. And so Paul has talked about it, remember two lessons ago, about how that's wrong. You can't divide the body of Christ. Last week, he tried to get him to understand because at the heart of, of fighting is ego. People thinking they know better, people who think they're wise and so forth. So he kind of points out that God uses the foolish to confound the wise of the world and that they're nothing special. Okay, so we need to realize that, right? You're nothing special. You may think you're special, but you're not, okay? So again, he's going to, from that conversation, talking about the wisdom of God in choosing the foolishness of this world, he's going to go on and talk about God's wisdom, but he's also going to focus in on how immature they actually are, okay? Because let's be honest, when you have church fights, Does that express maturity or does that express immaturity? Yeah, when you have any kind of fighting, it's like people have lost it, right? Okay? Well, what if the cause is right, George? Well, yeah, there's a way to present it without getting, hurting the whole body of Christ. Okay? So let's take a look. First of all, we're going to talk about the wisdom of God. So we're going to look at chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. And here's what he writes. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for his glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it, this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. For we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God, And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. 
The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. All right, so let's talk about the wisdom of God, all right? First of all, the gospel is not human wisdom, all right? So we're going to see this in verses 6 to 9. Paul makes the point that the gospel is not void of wisdom. So what's the gospel? Anybody know what the gospel is? What's the gospel? Okay, did you hear what Bruce said? He pretty much gave a concise, the good news, which is what gospel means, good news of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. For our what? For our sins and for our salvation. All right, that's the gospel. Now, what he's saying here is, is he makes the point that the gospel is not void of wisdom. Now, to the rest of the world, does that make sense? No, the rest of the world thinks it's nuts. It's crazy. Why would you believe something like that? Okay, that's foolishness. But he's saying that, okay, it's not void of wisdom. It contains a wisdom that only the mature understand. So the gospel contains a wisdom that only the mature understand. Now, who's the mature? Who's the mature? All right, Bruce says believers. How many of you agree with him? Okay. Now, are unbelievers mature? That's a loaded question, George. Not spiritually mature, Brad says. Okay. Not spiritually mature. All right. But the spiritually mature are believers. Why? Because they've been given understanding to understand. Okay. Which, by the way, let me stop for a moment. Have you ever tried talking with somebody who is not a believer, who does not profess faith, and know, and, and here you are, you're sharing with them the gospel, you're, you're sharing with them things about the gospel, about Jesus, about salvation, and they simply cannot understand what you're saying. You ever had that happen? Okay. Now, what typically happens when you make that kind of presentation? How do you feel afterwards? Worn out. Okay, that's a good, honest reaction there, Gene. What else? Okay, Tom. All right, what you said didn't mean nothing. You're not making any headway with him, okay? All right, how, now can I ask you, how do you personally feel about yourself in that, in that instance? What did you say? Like, you failed, okay? Does everybody agree with Bruce? Like, maybe I didn't share enough or whatever. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I want to set you free. The issue isn't that you didn't present enough. The issue isn't that you didn't present it in a right way. The issue is the immature cannot understand. Do you understand? The unsaved cannot understand. Now, who gives them the understanding? The Holy Spirit. 
Okay, so here's what I'm saying. You have a responsibility to share, and you share, and you want them to come because they're family members, they're friends. You want them to come, but they don't see it. So what do we do then? Anybody know what we do then? All right, Gene said it. We pray. How do we pray? Yeah, that the Lord opens their eyes, that the Lord, that the Spirit works to give them understanding. Do you see what I'm saying? So you want your loved one to come to Christ, and you look for every opportunity to share the gospel with them, but you know that without the Spirit helping them, they can't see it. So here's how you pray. Lord, open their eyes. Lord, give them understanding. Lord, work in them. Because unless you help them, they can't see it. You help me to see it. Do you realize that? You, you didn't just in your own wisdom decide, oh, I got this, you know what I'm saying? Spirit of God, when that person presented to you, opens your eyes to the truth. You need to pray that God opens their eyes to the truth. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not a, a sole action on your part. And you know what? I've been around a long time, and I remember back in my earlier years, it, it, it was, I was kind of told it was my responsibility. I was kind of told that if I didn't, if they didn't get saved, I had blood on my hands. But that's not true. Because Paul's making a clear point here, wisdom is not understood by the immature. Because to them, it naturally seems what? Foolish. Do you hear what I'm saying? Foolish. Okay, let's go on. It is not the wisdom of this age. It's not the wisdom of this age. We know that. In fact, the wisdom of this age considers what we believe, considers you even coming here this morning to be antiquated, to be totally not even worth doing. Like we should have grown out of that, is what you hear people say. You know what I'm saying? That's the wisdom of this age. God's wisdom contains a mystery that was not fully revealed. A mystery. Now, what, what was the, he's talked about the mystery before in other lessons. What do you think that mystery is, guys? <clears throat> what do you think the mystery is? Think about some of the other letters we've studied. Because he talks about the mystery a lot. There's a mystery here. In fact, you benefited from the mystery. Anybody else? Anybody got a thought? Can I help you? First of all, who was the Messiah for? Who was looking for the Messiah? Who was the Messiah supposed to be for? The Jews. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think there are any of you here from Jewish descent, right? I see some German background, some, some Italian, some English, you know, some mixed whatever, you know what I'm saying? So how did you end up getting salvation? How did salvation come to you? Through Jesus, but was that revealed from the beginning? No, that is the what? The mystery, right? The mystery, the, what was obvious is that the Messiah was coming for who? Israel. But he goes on, Paul makes it very clear that the mystery is, is he's going to take the, one, the two and make them one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jews and Gentiles, it makes them one. This is the mystery, okay? So the, God's wisdom contained a mystery that it was not fully revealed. It is a wisdom that God planned before the beginning of the ages. 
This isn't like something he just decided, oh, you know, while we're taking care of Israel, why don't we include, include them in while we're at it? He didn't have that discussion. It was decided way beforehand to do this. Okay? Way beforehand to do this. Now, let's go on here. So, let's talk about the ignorance. None of the earthly rulers understood the nature of this wisdom. That includes up to this day. None of the earthly rulers understand this wisdom. Period. I think you can go through history and there, you could say there's even Christian rulers and so forth. They didn't understand this wisdom. They, didn't, they don't comprehend it. It just doesn't fit. Why? Because it doesn't fit with the wisdom of this age. Okay? Doesn't fit with the wisdom of these days. Paul states that if they did, they would not have crucified Jesus. Now, what do you think he means by that? If they understood the wisdom of this age, why does he say they wouldn't have crucified Jesus? Okay, they would have known who he was, and who is he? God. Yeah, like, okay, like, are you going to be the one to crucify God? The creator of the universe? I mean, the, the, the son of God? No, you're not going to do that. So they didn't understand. He was just a common guy, somebody who had a following. We need to get rid of him. He's creating a problem. He's expendable. So he's saying here that they, the, 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 the ignorance of earthly rulers. But here's God's plan. All right, we see this in verse 9. God's plan. Man is not capable of understanding the blessings that God has made ready for believers. Hey, you guys like listening to music that talks about heaven? Some of you are into Southern gospel. You know what I'm saying? Walking streets of gold and everything. I'll be honest with you. Even reading books about heaven and so forth, they're all nice. But they're incomplete. You and I can't fully grasp what's in store for us. Period. You can't fully grasp it in every dimension. What do you mean? Not just a dimension of what it's going to be like when you're there. I'm talking about from the dimension of who you are right now, even as a person. Because right now, as a person, you, you're, you inhabit a body, right? And unless you had a very good breakfast, you're going to be like here in another couple of hours, like, when's lunch? Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you have desires, and you have attitudes, and you have sinful desires, and lusts, and so forth, and, 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 and attitudes, and so forth. And, and, and we live with that every day. You, can't, you and I can't even imagine, and we have a battle that goes on within us. Paul's talked about that battle in Romans. You and I cannot even begin to understand the blessings of God when you get that new body and the freedom and the clarity of thought. You know what I'm saying? Right now there's a battle that goes on in our minds, right? And we've got to take every thought captive. We can't even begin to comprehend the wisdom of God and the blessings that he has for us. Isn't that, that's what Paul's trying to say here. Now, his point in doing this, let me just kind of point out to you, is it's like, you guys really think you're that smart? 
I'm a Paul, I'm a Apollos, and I've got my position, and he's my dude, and I'm following. You think you're that smart. You don't even begin to understand what wisdom is. And it's sure not the wisdom of the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? The wisdom of the Lord is far greater than that. Far greater than that. So then he's going to talk about the origin of the message. He's going to talk about the message of the gospel. Where did it come from? Okay? So here's what I want you to see. First of all, verse 10. God reveals his wisdom through the Holy Spirit. God reveals his wisdom through the Holy Spirit. Because we've already talked about it. How do people understand? Because somebody reveals it to them, right? Who's the somebody? The Holy Spirit. God is the one who reveals his wisdom through the Holy Spirit. There is nothing beyond the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, Paul's saying here. Why is that? Why is there nothing beyond the knowledge of the Holy Spirit? Okay, all right, that's, that's good. All right, he created everything. But, okay, so but why is it, why, why is it not, why? Maybe there's something the Holy Spirit doesn't know. Why is it that the Holy Spirit knows everything? He's God. So this is the understanding here. See, we, we think of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. And somehow we think they're different, but they're what? They're one. Three distinct persons, one individual, that kind of blows our mind, you know what I'm saying? But yet when we think of the Holy Spirit, we don't think of him in terms of this is God. But the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows everything that's going on inside of you. He's in within you, right? He knows everything that's going on around you. He knows everything. There's nothing beyond the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And, and so, so the Spirit knows God personally. So he has that relationship with who? The Father and the Son. So he knows God personally. So he knows, it's not like the Father's holding out on him, okay? That doesn't exist. Believers have received the Holy Spirit. Now, when did you receive the Holy Spirit? Folks, when did you receive it? The moment you, that's right, Randy, the moment you accepted the Lord. It wasn't like two weeks later or three weeks later after you got a course in. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't when you got baptized by water. It was the instant, I wouldn't even say moment. Moment is still like 60 seconds and how many nanoseconds in there. I mean, it, it is the, the instant you gave, came to him by faith who entered into your life. The Spirit. Through the Spirit, we're able to understand the wisdom of God. Don't you know that? Through the Spirit, you're able to understand the wisdom of God. Have you not noticed that sometimes you have more discernment about spiritual things than unbelievers do? Well, because they don't have any discernment. You do. You can look at a situation. You can see the hand of God in things. You can read God's Word and come to a conclusion and understand it completely. Why? Because somebody gave you that understanding. It wasn't that you arrived it's because the Spirit gave you that understanding. Do, do you understand? Okay, so here, you know what? Let's, let's, let's just say it right off the bat, okay? 
So I got saved in 1985. All right, I went to a little bitty independent Baptist church. And it's not like there was this decision to convey this, but it was conveyed. And what was conveyed was, is the mature were the guy behind the pulpit. And then there's everybody else. And so you were supposed to, what? Just listen to him and do what he told you to do. All right? Now, now the problem is, is that somehow what is conveyed there is, is there are level, there is different levels of understanding. And so through the years, I have had to deal with this where I recognize that's not true. That's not true because the Spirit gives understanding of the wisdom of God. It's the Spirit who gives you understanding. It's not the dude from the pulpit. Yes, he communicates a message, but the Spirit takes the message to teach you what's going on, just like I'm teaching right now. The Spirit gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding, right? This is the reality. So here's what has happened through the years. In pastoring for over 30 years now, meeting with people, I used to get so frustrated because I would meet with men and women and they would just flat out tell me how stupid they were. Now, what they were doing is they were measuring their maturity by, I didn't fit, in the earlier years, it used to be I didn't finish high school. There was a generation of men who grew up in the 50s who quit school, quit high school and went to work. And so they went to work, and some of them really accomplished things. But if you were to talk to them, and I have one-on-one, they would tell me they're the stupidest man alive. And I'm sitting there thinking, and you're driving that car, and you're stupid? Give me I mean, seriously, you, you're done well. But why? Because for some reason in church, they were told that they didn't, they didn't have it. But that's so antithetical to what even Paul's talking about here. All of us here are on the same level. It's just that some of us have different roles. My role as a pastor is to shepherd and to teach. But who's the one who gives you understanding? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so he gives all understanding. It's not based on human levels of whether or not you graduated from high school or even have a college degree. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has to do with you walking with the Lord. Do do you see what I'm saying? So why don't I go off on a rant? Well, because I want you to understand all of us have understanding that comes from who, folks? The Spirit. Bottom line. And we're all on the same level here. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? This is, this is the reality. Why is he telling them that? Why do you think Paul's making this point here with them? Because they've divided themselves into groups thinking they know better than the others. And the reality is, no, you don't. It's the Spirit who gives understanding. It's the Spirit who relays the message. It's the Spirit who's in all of us. Okay? It's the Spirit who's in all of us. So, all right, let's go on. 
Paul states that it is the wisdom, it is, it is this wisdom that they are teaching, meaning he and his men who are with him. It is this wisdom, the wisdom of God, that the Spirit gives understanding. That is what they're teaching, okay? Now, again, he conveys that natural man, what's a natural man? Anybody know what a natural man is? We're talking about the revelation of God's wisdom. What do we mean by natural man? Unsaved? Okay, Rob says unsaved. Okay? The natural man cannot understand the things of God. They can't. So they say weird stuff out there. Have you seen some of the weird stuff that's out there? God is a woman. God is this, God is that. Really? Where did that come from? Somebody's thinking because they don't understand what God has revealed about himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are foolishness to him. Natural men are foolish to the Lord. All their wisdom, all their brain power, it's all foolishness to him. That's what God says. Isn't that what Paul says? Professing to be wise, they became what? Fools. Yeah. The spiritual man is able to understand all things with the wisdom of God. So again, you're able to to understand what God is presenting you because what? You have the Spirit of God within you, all right? He is the one who gives you understanding. Now, let's get to chapter 3. We're going to look at the four verses here. He's going to talk about their immaturity, okay? Here's what he says. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Whoa, he's just talking about spiritual people here, understanding, because the Spirit gives them understanding, right? So he says, but you, you Corinthians, you people who are fighting, you people who think you know better, got the big egos, I'm of so-and-so, I'm of so-and-so. He says, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. Whoa, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, but not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Even now you're not yet ready. For you are still of the flesh, but while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Paulus, are you not merely humans? Wow, were those kind words? Was he concerned about their feelings? No, 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 he's, he's, really, he's really addressing it. So let's talk about what's going on here. Paul tells them that he cannot address them as spiritually mature believers. So he's saying, you know what, you guys aren't even worth the effort for me to talk to you on a level that because you, you just aren't understanding. That's pretty harsh. You think you're all wise and everything, but you're not. He tells them that they are not able to move beyond elementary teaching. And so he gives this illustration, the illustration of when you have a baby, what does a baby, does a baby start out eating steak and eggs or steak and mashed potatoes and, or roast beef and mashed Does the baby start out eating that first? No, no, the baby starts out with what? Milk. And gradually, 
with after milk, you add what some solids and usually puree it and whatever, and, and then you move to where they can start eating solid food. But that is as they get older and more mature, right? But when they're infants, you 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 feed them milk. He says, I fed you milk, but you haven't even graduated beyond milk. You're not able to take solid food. So stop for a moment. If you saw a five-year-old and all it had was milk and couldn't yet eat solid food at five years old, what would you think? Is that normal? No. You would say there's something wrong. So the, the point is, is he's making here, you should be eating solid food, but you're not. You're not able to handle things. You're not able to move beyond elementary teaching here. Do you understand? And here's what I find, I'll just be honest, here's what I find with most Christians. Most Christians live in, I'm forgiven, but they haven't moved beyond that. They live in, I'm forgiven, but they haven't moved beyond it. What do you mean, move beyond that, George? They haven't moved beyond to understanding the relationship that they have with Jesus. They haven't moved to understanding the role of the Spirit in their life on a daily basis. They haven't moved beyond to how to interact with each other in a church. They haven't moved beyond any of that. They're still back at, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, but that's where they're at. And that's stunted growth, folks. That's stunted growth. So he's saying here, tells them that they've not been able to move beyond elementary teaching. He, well, here's what he says. I mean, this is, he says that they are spiritually immature and fleshy. What do you think? I mean, that, that's his word, fleshy. What do you think that means? They're living in the flesh by whatever the desires they have, by whatever attitude strikes them, by whatever, you know, I'm irritated with Brad, so I'm going to respond out of that irritation. That's not spiritual. That's what? Fleshy. He said, you're not, you're not mature. You're not expressing wisdom. You're just doing whatever, you know? So it's like a baby, isn't it? How do you know a baby needs change? Does it come up to you and say, Mom, I need changed? No, it reacts and cries, right? Then you're like, okay, is it hungry? Or is it, oh, okay, I smell something. It's the diaper needs changed, right? That's immaturity, right? He says, you're fleshy, you're just responding. Okay, now, their immaturity is evidenced by the fact that the church is fragmented. So here's what I'm going to tell you, folks. When you see any church, and that includes ours, divided into groups. Just go ahead and mark it down in your mind. There's immaturity there. They're, they, they, they have, what you're seeing is the expression of immaturity. I don't care how righteous the issue is. The fact that they got to that point expresses what? Immaturity. Bottom line, when you have groups fighting over the color of the carpet. And that has happened. Or when you have groups fighting over, and I was in a church like this. We're, we're, we're church plant. We're getting ready to want to build a building. We're planning the building. One group says we should have a basement. Another group says we hadn't. And they fought over, are you ready? Are you re Seriously, a basement. 
And they couldn't come to some sort of conclusion there. So he's telling them, because God gives you the wisdom, you're not willing to what? Embrace it, accept it, and grow in it. You're just expressing your own fleshy desires. You're immature. That's where they're at. That's kind of sad, isn't it? But that's where people are at today. And you know what? Here's the thing. We could look at this and say, boy, I can't believe they were like that. Man, you would have thought they would have had. We're exactly like them. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? When we look at this and we see how they react, we react the same way, don't we? Bottom line, because what? We're immature in some ways. And we respond in the flesh, right? We have to admit that. We respond in the flesh. He's going to talk about ministers next week. So he's going to get to the next part of the argument next week is he's going to talk to them about what his ministry was, what Apollos' ministry is. He's going to help them understand that each person has a different type of ministry. 